You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Michelle Jewell Shaw, a volunteer for Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. And we are recording today at the Portsmouth Public Library here on the beautiful New Hampshire seacoast. Thanks so much for joining me today, Michelle. You're welcome, Jeremy. Thank you very much for having me, and welcome to all of you listeners. And today's episode of Lighthearted, which is episode number four, is going to feature an interview with two people involved with the Whitehead Light Station in Midcoast, Maine, Ben Swan and Gigi Lero. Whitehead Light Station offers a variety of adult education programs in a beautiful offshore environment, and we'll talk about that. But first, we're heading over to Cape Cod for a talk with the executive director of the Friends of Nobska Light. Michelle, have you ever been to Nobska Point Lighthouse in Woods Hole? Yes, I have, Jeremy. It was roughly four years ago that I visited there for the first time. I was unable to get a tour inside of the lighthouse as it wasn't open. We were there during the off-season, but it was a beautiful lighthouse. I took several photographs from the beach. It's a really beautiful area and lighthouse. It is. I would say Nobska is one of the uh, really iconic lighthouses of New England and Cape Cod. So, Michelle, could you uh, please tell our listeners a little bit more about the Friends of Nobska Light? I absolutely can, Jeremy. In 2014, the U.S. Coast Guard announced that Nobska Point Light Station would be available to a new steward through a license agreement. In the following year, the Friends of Nobska Light was incorporated. The Friends in Town of Falmouth worked to secure a license for the station from the Coast Guard. In 2017, substantial work was carried out on the Lighthouse Tower. The Friends of Nobska Light are working to complete restoration and to open a museum on site. I visited with the executive director of Friends of Nobska Light, Catherine Bumpus, uh, this past March. Catherine is a founding member of the organization and a lifelong sailor who has worked in various aspects of the marine industry all her life. Let's listen to that interview right now. Thanks so much for being with me today, Catherine. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Jeremy. Nobska Point Lighthouse is one of the most photographed lighthouses in New England, and I'd say it's really an icon of Cape Cod. Uh, what makes it so special, do you think? It's hard to say what makes it so special because in many ways it is like many other lighthouses, but it is very accessible, mm-hmm. which is a huge plus for ease of taking care of it and for people to come and enjoy it. It is in a lovely location because we have 270 degrees of water view because it sticks out on the point there. And people just feel a kinship to it. They love to come and enjoy the peacefulness of it. And they love to be on the water and look back at it. They love to be driving along the shore and say, there is its silhouette far away. And for some people who come here just for part of their their time of the year, um, sometimes it's the first thing they do. They drive by Nobska to say, we've arrived here on Cape Cod and, and we have to go by and see what it looks like. And then we can go to our house and enjoy the rest of our summer. So it is a touchstone for many, many people. 
Absolutely. You know, I have a Facebook group uh, for New England lighthouses, and I would say people post photographs of Nobska Point Lighthouse as often as just about any other lighthouse in New England. It's really a, a very well-loved lighthouse for sure. Which is one of the reasons it's really nice to take care of it, because there are so many people who care about it and love it, and so it's a nice project to mm-hmm. work on. Oh, definitely. Uh, when you found that the Coast Guard was looking for a new steward to take uh, take on the Nobska Point Light Station property, what made you so determined to keep it under local management? I think that feeling of love for Nobska and mm-hmm. the fact that the community looked around and Falmouth has a long history of taking care of historic properties that it cares about. Partnering with the town of Falmouth and private entities, we've um, the community has taken on any number of different buildings and done very good jobs with them. We understand that it's not necessarily any government's best use of resources or abilities to do historic preservation. So partnering with a private nonprofit makes a lot of sense. Falmouth has done that successfully a number of times and with Nobska being so well-loved, it made sense to do it again. Now, you had uh, some significant work done on the Lighthouse Tower in 2017. Can you tell us about that? Well, the tower is structurally in very good shape, but still needed a lot of work and still needed a lot of maintenance. So we wrapped it all up and um, sandblasted it and did a bunch of work that hadn't been addressed for a number of years. And it looks terrific now. It's got several coats of special marine epoxy on the outside of it that we hope will continue to preserve it for years to come. Now, you have opened it somewhat to the public. I know there are plans uh, to uh, open it uh, down the road for more open houses. Uh, Are there any particular plans for the 2019 season? So for the 2019 season, we hope that we are going to be doing rehab construction Mm -hmm. on the keeper's house. Right. And that will throw a little bit of a wrench in our tour schedule because things will be different and um, we will have less – a little bit less access on the site because we will have construction people there. So we had been open Tuesdays and Thursdays for the past two summers and we've had a terrific response to that. We – have yet to set our tour schedule for the coming summer. We will post it on the Facebook page. We will post it on the website when we have it. But some of that is coordinating with the contractor, which is also dependent on our fundraising work. So we, while we hope to be under construction, it may be pushed off a little bit, which means we'd be doing more regular tours. Uh, so you you mentioned the work that's planned uh, for the the house or houses, which are sort of kind of two houses that are joined. Can you tell me a, a bit more about what is planned, which may may be happening this, this summer or maybe move, move back a bit? I know there, there, uh, you have quite a bit planned for that. This is a terrific place for a museum because it would be a wonderful window to Falmouth and history for so many people who come to visit. So we've engaged with a museum designer and architects and engineers to look at the building and see what kind of upgrades it needs to make it a publicly accessible building, which is different than what you need to do if you just want to make it into a house. And we'll be undertaking those upgrades to 
make it welcoming to people to come in and have exhibit space inside. What an exciting thing that'll be. Yes. <laughs> what a great, great thing for, for the area. Uh, and how has the community responded uh, to the effort? Oh, remarkably well. Uh-huh. So we've had all different levels of community support. We have the $1 donors. We have the Boy Scouts and Rotarians who've shown up and painted the fences. We've had um, the art students from the high school come and help us do work. We've had um, lots of different field trips from different schools. And then on a town level, we've had financial support from the Community Preservation Act, which has been very helpful with the tower renovation and will be helpful with the um, rehabilitation of the light keepers' houses. Uh, what might people, visitors, expect when they come to a tour of Nobska Point Lighthouse? So when we do it, when we have open tower times, and it's been open tower, which is because you can always stop by and walk around the grounds and look right. at things. Yeah. And so the tower being open is the special part of that. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of stairs. It's a small space. So we limit the number of people that can go in at any one time. And they're they're there with a docent. And you have a still active fourth order Fresnel lens, which is the jewel of the lighthouse, of course. Yes, we do. And it's a beautiful lens. It was built in 1888 in Paris, and Mm -hmm. it's stamped Paris on it. It has lived a life. It has a couple of chips and some dings in it. But to see something that was cutting-edge technology then and still in use today is a wonderful thing for many people. It's also interesting to see the people that come up and whether they look in towards the lens or out towards the view first, and then they turn around and go the other direction and enjoy the other part of it. Either way, I'm sure you hear wow a lot. Yes. Yes. That's a <laughs> typical thing you hear at the top of lighthouses. Well, I think Nobsk is a, a wonderful place, and it's certainly dear to my heart, mm-hmm. and I hope that it is dear to other people's hearts, And but I know that lighthouses... Your own personal lighthouse or your the one that is, is special to you matters too. So be involved and volunteer and support them if you can because they all need communities to keep them going. Well, what a perfect way to close this interview. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Catherine Bumpus, the executive director of Friends of Nobska Light. Thank you for being with me today. I appreciate it very much. You're welcome, Jeremy. Thank you for coming to Woods Hole. Thanks. And now it's time for our Lighthouse History segment. Yay! (laughs) Everybody gets really excited when I say Lighthouse History. I know I do. (laughs) I'm glad. In our last episode, we told you about the ruins of the Roman lighthouses at Dover in England and at Leptis Magna in Libya. There's another ancient Roman lighthouse that still stands today, And although it's undergone many changes, it has the distinction of being the oldest functioning lighthouse in the world. The Tower of Hercules, also known as La Carunia Lighthouse, was built somewhere between the second half of the first century AD and the early years of the second century AD by the Romans on a rocky point known as the end of the world in northwestern Hispania at the entrance to the harbor of present-day city of La Carunia, Spain. 
The lighthouse was built because the Bay of La Coruña had become very important to the Roman shipping routes that connected the Mediterranean and North Atlantic coastal areas after the Roman conquest of Western Europe. The Romans created a major port, which they named Brigantium, and to provide support to the navigation of commercial and military ships, they constructed the large lighthouse that we now call the Tower of Hercules. It was originally known as the Farum Brigantium. It's called the Tower of Hercules because, according to myth, the hero Hercules slew the giant tyrant Geryon after three days and three nights of continuous battle. Hercules then buried the head of Geryon with his weapons and ordered that a city be built on the site. The lighthouse atop a skull and crossbones, representing the buried head of Hercules' slain enemy, appears in the coat of arms of the city of La Coruña. The tower was originally about 120 feet tall and was one of the tallest buildings of its day. It's thought to have been based on the great pharaohs of Alexandria. Its base has a cornerstone with an inscription ascribed to the original architect, dedicating the lighthouse to the Roman god of war, Mars. We don't know what it looked like on the outside, but we know it had an outer perimeter wall and a ramp or stone steps that led to the upper platform. A fire would have burned at the top to provide light for navigation. It stopped functioning as a lighthouse during medieval times when it was used as a defensive castle. It was eventually abandoned by the 13th century. The tower began to be used again as a watchtower by the 1600s. In the late 1700s, the tower was raised to 187 feet and it became a lighthouse again. The base of the building has 18 sides. The lower part is four-sided and then there's a section that has seven sides, then a section with five sides with a lantern on top. Electricity was installed in the lighthouse in 1927. Several buildings for the accommodation of the keepers, located at the base of the tower, were built in 1861 and 1956. Today the Tower of Hercules Lighthouse is open every day and is one of the most visited tourist attractions in the Spanish region of Galicia. When you visit, you can go inside to see much of the original Roman structure. If you're looking for more information, I recommend that you Google Tower of Hercules. There are a number of good web pages. There are also a number of good videos on the lighthouse on YouTube. Next time, we're going to tell you about one of the oldest operating lighthouses in the world, the Hook Lighthouse in Ireland. Next, we're heading up the coast a couple of hours from where we are right now to Maine's Penobscot Bay region. Whitehead Island is an 80-acre island in mid-coast Maine. The establishment of Whitehead Light Station was authorized by President Thomas Jefferson in 1803. The lighthouse was eventually rebuilt. The 41-foot stone tower that stands today was constructed in 1852. Michelle, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about Whitehead Island? I sure can, Jeremy. Resident keepers kept the light for 179 years. Whitehead Light Station was automated in 1982, and the dwellings and outbuildings were shuttered and abandoned. In 1997, through the Maine Lights Program, Pine Island Camp, a boys' camp in Maine, became the owner of the station and began renovations. The restoration process was completed in 2008, and the result is a facility that is remote but comfortable. The station now has a new mission, to provide programming for adults that will give them the opportunity to experience life at a historic Maine Island light station and to gain knowledge of specific subjects, 
the main coast and themselves. Whitehead Light Station offers three to five day programs that focus on a variety of subjects and activities taught by an instructor. Uh, I've actually been the instructor for a course on New England lighthouses a few times. And I'll tell you, being on the island for a few days is a fantastic experience. In addition to instruction, discussion, and lectures, transportation to and from the island is provided, as well as meals and local excursions in the Whitehead uh, Light Station boat. I recently sat down with two of the people who run the operation at Whitehead. Ben Swan is the executive director. Ben has also been director of Pine Island Camp, parent organization of Whitehead Light Station since 1990. He has directed program development at the Whitehead Light Station and restoration of the building since Pine Island Camp acquired the facility through the main lights program. And Gigi Lero is the island manager for Whitehead Light Station. Gigi is a Coast Guard licensed master captain with sailing experience in Atlantic and Caribbean waters and she also holds a private pilot single engine land and sea certificate and is an avid scuba diver. So let's jump right into my talk with Gigi and Ben. Now, Gigi, can you tell us uh, some of the basics of how the, the programs work? Uh, first of all, how do people get to the island? Uh, we have a parking area on the mainland where people can park and leave their vehicles, and we transport them in one of our boats to the to the pier on the island, uh, where they can walk the short walk through the spruce woods to get to the lighthouse, uh, or we can provide a ride on that gator that we mentioned if uh, if people feel more comfortable doing that. Uh, folks can fly into Portland Airport or Rockland Airport. Another option that some of our repeat guests do is to fly into Boston Logan and then take the um, comfortable bus that picks up right at the terminal airport, the airport terminals in Boston and uh, drops off in Rockland and we can pick folks up uh, at the Rockland airport or the bus station in Rockland. And how many days typically are the programs? The best programs are the six-day programs where you get a lot of time to actually um, experience the place in probably different weather and really have a chance to relax. Mm. Uh, and we also have shorter programs that are uh, down to about three days. Mm. So between three and six days. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you describe the accommodations just a little bit and the food? Uh, the food is one of my favorite things there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, um, did you? Yeah. We, we try to use... Uh, Fresh local ingredients, of course, with all of our food, and provide a full breakfast every day, as well as options for any special dietary needs that people have, such as being gluten-free or paleo or keto diets. All, all different preferences are, are, are accommodated as much as possible. But we provide um, coffee and tea and juice and a full breakfast every morning, a full lunch, um, usually an appetizer, and um, a full dinner and dessert every every night, as well as fresh baked snacks. Everything is homemade, and um, we've got a fantastic kitchen that makes it very easy uh, to do fresh baked goods. And we make use even of berries and things that grow right on the island. We have a small garden for some herbs and some vegetables, so mm -hmm. that all gets incorporated into the menu. Yeah. Uh, the accommodations we've got 
for guests, we have seven bedrooms. Each has its own in-suite bathroom, and uh, they're comfortable. They're not luxurious, but they're very uh, nice and comfortable. And some of them have a view of the water and the lighthouse. And the, a couple of the rooms are very often requested by repeat guests because they like to have the blinking of the light in their room. <laughs> I've experienced that. That yeah. is pretty special. And then downstairs, there are uh, three sitting rooms, uh, one of which is mostly a library um, and a dining room and uh, a couple of nice porches and then a, an array of Adirondack chairs out front where that seems to be the the favorite place for everybody is to sit down out front and watch the parade of boats mm -hmm. or the fog or whatever happens to be going on in <laughs> yeah. Penobscot Bay. I mean, we, when you're sitting in one of those chairs, you're, you're, you're looking straight out um, at, uh, at the Gulf of Maine. It's really beautiful. It is. And seeing, uh, again, sunrise is one of my favorite things there. And going out and seeing lobster boats going out at the break of break of day is, a, yeah. I think, a pretty special thing. And you can listen also to the bell buoy, which yeah. uh, for a while it was recently it was quiet. Somebody stole the bell, but uh, they put it back. Yeah, it's a nice little background noise. And one of my favorite things is watching the moon rise in the evenings mm -hmm. full, when a full moon rises over yeah. the horizon. And what are some of the programs that are being offered this year? Uh, we have a, a knitting retreat, a, a craft beer um, brewing retreat, essentially uh, a writing writer's workshop, a history of New England lighthouses that you're going to be uh, presenting. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> sounds <wonderful>. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have another um, knitting retreat that uh, is not... Uh, instructed. The one that we have has an instructor to help folks that might have issues with with knitting and want to want assistance. And then another is uh, without an instructor, just to come relax and knit with uh, fellow knitters. Uh, we also have a new program uh, model that we're trying out this year. That we're calling Stack of Books, uh, where you can come and relax, bring that stack of books you've been meaning to read. Uh, participate in some interesting conversations and uh, just share share meals with other folks. Uh, we've got a couple of getaway weekends. Those are always very popular, and uh, I think they're pretty much all booked up, in fact. So is that uh, for people who would like to stay there but not take part in a structured uh, program? The getaway weekends, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, this, and the Stack of Books weekend is... Uh, a sort of hybrid of that. We're, we're experimenting with offering a number of opportunities um, to enter into discussions about particular books that would be uh, of which you'd be notified ahead of time, and and some other discussions as well. And then there would be, you know, going clamming on a neighboring island and and the usual boat trips, uh, but not an instructor and a course. Uh, the getaway weekends are just purely. Uh, relaxation. relaxation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how can our listeners find out more about Whitehead Light Station? On our website, we have a list of programs and calendar of events and our contact info. And the, the website is whiteheadlightstation.org. I'm sure if people don't write that down, if they just Google Whitehead Light Station, they can find they it easily find enough. find us easily enough, yeah. Yeah, and you have a Facebook page as well? 
We do. Yeah, Whitehead Light Station is on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Anything else either of you would like to add that you'd like listeners to know about Whitehead Light Station? Well, even uh, people that have come who had hesitation because they didn't know what to expect or were afraid to go so far from civilization and be on an island, Um, but every single person just really loves it. Yeah, I've never uh, talked to anyone who'd spent any period of time at Whitehead Light Station who hadn't counted it among one of the best things they've ever done. And uh, that's not hyperbole. It's just the truth. It's a very, very special place. And uh, it's worth uh, taking what you might think is a little bit of a risk um, to to take the plunge and and join us there. It's really, uh, you'll never forget it. Well, Gigi and Ben, thank you so much for spending time with me today, and I'm looking forward to my time on Whitehead Island this year, uh, as I do uh, most summers. It's always a a very special time there. Thank you so much. Well, thank Thank, you. Thank you, Jeremy. Again, for more information on the programs at Whitehead Island, people can go to whiteheadlightstation.org, and you can also find them on Facebook. Thank you, Michelle. And now it's time for our trivia question. The first two people to email the correct answer to this question will receive prizes. The first gets a 2019 U.S. Lighthouse Society calendar featuring photographs by 14 talented society members. The second gets a Lighthouse Illumination DVD. This video takes you on an animated tour through the history of Lighthouse Illumination. Okay, Michelle, and what is today's question? People who listened on the last episode of Lighthearted should know this. What lighthouse was the first offshore cast iron caisson lighthouse in the United States? Again, what lighthouse was the first offshore cast iron caisson lighthouse in the United States? To enter, send your answer in an email to me at jeremy at uslhs.org. Again, that's jeremy at uslhs.org, J-E-R-E-M-Y at uslhs.org. Be sure to say that you are answering the trivia question in Lighthearted Episode 4 and include your full name and your mailing address, not just your email address, but your mailing address so we can send you your prize if you win. Again, send it to jeremy at uslhs.org. Thank you to the staff of the Portsmouth Public Library in beautiful and historic Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where we have been recording today. Thank you to Jeff Gales, Maria Guevara, Tom Wheeler, Tom Tagg, everybody at Point No Point in Washington, all the staff and volunteers of the U.S. Lighthouse Society. For more information on how you can become a member of the USLHS, for information on uh, their great domestic and international tours, check out their website at uslhs.org. Check out the social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And, of course, very special thanks to my co-host today, Michelle Jewell Shaw. Anything you'd like to add, Michelle? I want to invite our listeners to come to visit Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in Newcastle, New Hampshire, during our weekly Sunday afternoon open houses. You can get more information on the website for Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, which is a chapter of the American Lighthouse Foundation. We also have cruises and other events that you definitely want to check out. The website is PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. Well, thank you, Michelle. Uh, And again, I hope we will see some of our listeners at the open houses and other events. And that does wrap it up for this edition of Light Hearted. So until next time, keep Keep a a good good light. light.